Hello everybody and welcome back to another podcast for I'm Adopted. My name is Alex Gilbert and I am a Russian adoptee. I came to New Zealand in 1994 when I was two years old. I just want to say a big thank you to, thank you to all of you guys for tuning into the podcast since we began. Nine weeks ago now, this is episode nine, and I think it's pretty incredible. I think I counted that right, nine episodes. It is pretty awesome to um, really hear you guys' feedback and get you guys tuning in every week. I know it's very, um, I, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of here is, but it's very interesting to get things out there for you guys. That's the word I'm looking for, interesting. And it's interesting stories to share with you guys all around the world. I, I looked at the list of people listening around the world, which is pretty incredible. There's a lot of countries actually listening to this podcast. I'm sorry that it's not in any other languages right now except for English, but you know that's something that I am. I would love to do. I would love to do down the line. Not me personally. I won't be speaking other languages. Maybe, maybe in Russian. I don't know. I don't think I can actually speak in advanced, fluent like that in Russian. Let alone English, actually, as well. I do struggle with my English, um, believe it or not, even though it is technically my first speaking language, but Russian is actually technically my first my first language. It's very confusing, it's very confusing, but I do struggle with a lot of my English. This podcast episode is about me as a child growing up in New Zealand as an adoptee. What was different and what I felt different growing up? Did I fit in with the other children? I will, I will definitely tell you some stories and I'll go through my experience of growing up as an adoptee now of course I did have a brother who was also he was three months um, younger than me and it was a very questionable um, what do you call it question it was very it was uh, we asked a lot to my brother and I about our how we are related when we were growing up and it was a lot of questions that a lot of people would ask us People would often say, you two boys look like twins. Are they twins? My parents would say, no, they're not twins. And people would be very confused. In the 90s, it was a it was a thing that, you know, I guess a lot of people didn't really understand. Everything with adoption. It was all very, quite new. Especially adoption from Russia. Especially adoption from Russia. Now, when I was growing up in Whangarei, it was all sorts of, I, I guess maybe I, I did fit in. I did fit in with the other children. I didn't really have a huge problem with that. But of course, there was a lot of things that I always ask myself growing up. Of course, my name is Sasha. My middle name is Alexander and Sasha is my first name. It's something that I really, I, I, I obviously knew since day one, since I could remember. I always I remember a lot of videos of me as a three-year-old, people walking around and saying, Sasha, Sasha, come here, Sasha, come here, Sasha. And you know, of course, I'd respond because that was my name. Sasha is still my first name. Alexander is still my middle name. I just like to. I just am preferred to be called Alex. It's um. I, when I was fourteen years old, I decided I would like to be called Alex. It was something that I sat down with my family, and we all decided mutually that that was okay. It was in, in fact Sasha. Alex is, is is a version of Sasha. If you look it up, you can see um, there's a lot of information about the Sasha name and why it's why it is um, also Alexander. So I came to New Zealand in 1994. My brother and I actually came to New Zealand when we were both two years old. And we started school both together in 1997 when I was five years old. And of course, we all tried to fit in with all the other children. It was always something that I was very determined to do. I wanted to learn and I really wanted to start school. I was very curious. When, when I was four years old, I was wondering, when do we start school? When can we start school? I really want to start school because obviously there was a lot of movies I watched growing up, children's movies. 
about going to school and how cool it was to go to school and when I turned five that was the moment that I was ready for I was ready to start primary school it was something that I was very excited for I was actually I was really bored being at home every day I, I can't explain this exactly of course I went to kindergarten I did things of course but I'm saying I was ready to start school as a five-year-old I'm not talking nonsense. I'm not I don't have a I don't have a smart memory like that. It's not very vivid. I do remember a lot of memories from my kindergarten and as a child, my earliest memory would definitely be my second birth uh, third birthday, not my second birthday. Third uh, second birthday was in Russia. My third birthday I remember very clearly. It was actually April. It was only how can I say this? Maybe so. I, I came to New Zealand in August 1994, and my third birthday was in April 1995. So it wasn't that far away, but that would have been one of my earliest memories. Again, I have no memories of Russia or my orphanage. Now, this is just me speaking from my own childhood and my own experience, but it's really interesting to really talk about my childhood as an adoptee, and I really want to talk about this today in today's podcast. So when I started school in 1997, uh, I did meet a lot of my first friends who I am still in contact with to this day. A lot of good friends of mine. Sadly, one of my good old friends um, from from 1997, one of my best friends passed away last year, which was awful. He took his own life, which was just, it was tragic. And I ha- actually had lost contact with him over the years. But I actually met him again a few years ago. And I did keep in touch with him, but sadly that happened last year. I keep in touch with a lot of my old friends. I do. And we always laugh when I when I went to school. We'd always laugh about my name, of course, as jokes, as friends. Sasha, that's just a girl's name. Where did you? Where Where is that name from? I'm sure that's a girl's name. And we didn't understand as five year olds. Definitely not. And my brother and I, we'd both go to school at the same time, and we would have the same haircuts, bowl cuts, by the way, a thing of the '90s. It was a big thing then. And yes, we both went to school at the same time, and people would often ask us if we're both twins. Now, of course, we're not twins. Uh, we did look alike, I think, in a way. We look like just typical Russian uh, children, very, very blonde and very blue, blue-eyed children. It was very quite an interesting standout point from a lot of the other kids. Of course, we have a lot of European backgrounds here in New Zealand, so we, we mixed in as well. But it was always a question about our age and about how how we are brothers. And I, I think that's one an obstacle that you'd have to come across growing up in, chi- in, in your childhood as an adoptee if you have siblings. Of course, my parents were always open and honest to both my brother and I about where we came from and where Russia was. It was always something that was very open in our family. It was never a closed topic. It was never a big secret in our family. And I believe that is what really kept us going as a family. As, as, as obviously, we were not just a New Zealand family. We were also part of a Russian family. We had the Russian background and identity inside our family. So it was a new beginning into our family that really started everything. It was pretty um, incredible going going to school as as myself. I loved to learn, and I was very keen on I was on writing. I loved to write a lot when I was a kid. Believe it or not, now you know two books later, I finally uh, utilized that skill. But I loved to write a lot of uh, short stories in school, and I enjoyed to be I enjoyed doing a lot of creative things like painting, building things. I used to play with a lot of wooden blocks and build things. I wanted to build a house one day. I would say to myself, and of course, a lot of us children wanted to be over a police. Either a policeman, a fireman, or something crazy like that. It might have been a thing that would just all really, or astronaut, you know, something, some really crazy dream. But when I was a child, of course, I always wanted to be um, working in television. I always want to be working in television. Sorry about the English there. 
During my childhood, I was, I was always interested in working in television. I was always interested in filming home videos uh, with my dad's camera that he actually took to Russia with my mum when they went over to get my brother and I in 1994. My dad still had the camera. He we had the, he still got the camera to this day, believe it or not. It's just got some old dusty tapes in it. I probably should put them on DVD for him or even, even Blu-ray now these days. But look, growing up, it was always something that a lot of children did ask us about. They ask us, where is Russia? Why, why, do you, why do you have a brother that's in the same class? Why is your name Sasha? And where does Andre come from? Now, how am I supposed to answer that as a five-year-old? I, I really am not sure. Obviously, it was a lot of learning for myself. And I would often go home and ask my parents, why are people questioning about my name? Why, why, why do people think it's strange? I don't understand. I, um, obviously, I had a lot of good close friends that really that I really kept um, close with over the years and kept in contact with and they were really they were special friends to me and obviously actually me my brother and I had pretty much the same group of friends and that's a good thing I believe that was a good thing for us we obviously growing up as a child we also had support groups in our town in Whangarei my hometown I remember I left Whangarei in 2011 I've been in Auckland since then so I don't live in Whangarei anymore however Growing up in the 1990s, we had a lot of support groups, and it wasn't just kids from Russia, it was also kids from Romania as well. So we had those support groups, and I believe, you know, as an adoptee, growing up in a, in a, in a, in a family that has adopted you, that is very, that's, that's very important as well. I do stress, I do not stress that enough important is um, a big word of mine, as you probably can tell. I say, I do repeat a lot of my words, but I mean that, I mean that completely and honesty is honestly as well. So growing up as a child in the 1990s, I was always very curious about where I come from, about Russia. I was curious about my birth parents and curious. Of course, I was always open and honest with my parents about my family as well. I'd always ask questions in regards to where we both came from, asking about photos, videos. Often I would come home from school and my mum would sit down with us, my brother and I, and watch videotapes of where we come from. It was always the same tapes, of course, so you would have seen the same tape over and over again and you get a bit over it. and but Not over it, but you say, oh, there's something, where is something new that I want to watch? Where is somewhere else in Russia? But it would also be photos and things like that. Obviously, there are obstacles, um, not so much big challenges, but obstacles and questions that you'd always ask yourself as a child. A lot of people would often be with their parents and talking to each other saying, oh, my mum's having another, I'm having a brother or a new sister soon and we've got three kids in our family and, and oh, I, people say that I look a lot like my parents and, and it never really, it didn't really affect me um, and I know that it is hard for other adoptees to understand in their family and just to, just to take that biological side into hand as a child. It's really hard for a child to obviously understand all of that themselves, but it's all learning as you go. I believe that's a big thing. And when I was growing up, you know, there'd always be a lot of things about our background, about our family, and we'll just, as, as children, we we're very proud to talk about where we came from, but also I'd ask my parents a lot about my birth mother and my birth father. And I'd often say, where is the person that made me? Where do they live? I'd always ask my parents. My mum was telling me just a couple of weeks ago this story actually. And when I was about five or six years old, I asked my mum, "Where is the woman that made me? What happened to her? Where Where does she live? I don't I don't understand. 
the the story i don't know why 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 did she give me away and my parents would often tell me all the time saying you know it was she was young it was the best thing for her that she could have done she could have done and she had no other choice and i as a 5 year old you would often ask yourself hmm i, I wonder wonder what she's thinking all the time i wonder where she lives and i had a lot of sort of visions or not visions thoughts really about my birth parents as a as a child of course i'm talking about for adoptees everywhere around the world i'm not i'm not just focusing on russia but i'm just talking about for my own story in itself on how i used to really wonder about my birth parents and it was never a thought as a child wondering right i want to go back there and i want to go and find my mum and dad and I just make that clear all the time. I'm never, I was never about that as a child because obviously I had parents that looked after me. I had mum and dad that raised me, raised me well, and they loved me very much. And it was something that I always respected and, and, and always thankful to this day for what they did. And it was just as a five-year-old, or you know, between the ages of five and ten, it would often be a lot of questions about where, where, just where what happened or what are they thinking do they know that it's my birthday on the 1st of april do they do they do they often think about that every year do they often wonder what happened to me are they together are they are they married it was always something that i always thought about growing up and it you know in the most respectful way possible it was just something that i would often ask my parents and of course my parents didn't know anything about them only their names and it was only the information that was given on the adoption paper my parents went to the orphanage in 1994 they were given some information about me uh, my brother and I sorry and obviously we had two different birth parents and my parents would that's that's all my parents had and that and and as a parent you know your child's asking you hey hey mum and dad um wh what happened to um show me the paper show me the show me the paper show me the, yeah yeah Look here, look here, mum. Look, look, look at this. What happened? What happened to Tatiana? What happened to, what happened to my birth father? Mum, mum, can you please sit down? I'm, I'm just confused, and I never, I never interrogated my parents. No, I would never do that. I was always laughing and smiling about it. I remember growing up, I would often say, "Hey, mum, so, so what happened to uh, my birth mother? How old was she? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know where she lived?" And I'll just be curious. Obviously, as an adopted child, I was very, very curious. I was just, um, you know, I was just always saying, "What happened to my birth mother? Do you know what happened to the lady that brought me into this world? What, what happened? Do you know anything about her? Do you know what she looks like? Can we get a photo of her?" My parents weren't able to answer that. They weren't able to get me a photo of my birth mother, and obviously, they wanted me to see what my birth mother looked like, but they couldn't give that to me, and. I completely understood my parents and I was thankful for what they told me and how they told me as well. Just saying, look, we've only got this information. If we get a photo, if we can get a photo, we'd love to do that. We'll do anything to do that. But that was that that was pretty much how that all unfolded as a child. And I was just always curious, obviously, growing up. And then when I became a teenager, I started to get a little bit more curious because time has gone on. And you always start to wonder man all these years later what's happened to my birth parents are they still are they still around are they still alive are they are they working are they where do they live there they moved town and we, we won't get into the search obviously because that wasn't a previous podcast but obviously it was always me questioning as well are the names correct 
Is everything correct on this document? Is everything right? Now, I know that some people, of course, as well, wherever you're adopted from, could be any country, don't always have the right names. And don't always have the right names. Everybody has different documents. Every every piece of paper that is given out to every person who is adopted in the world is always going to be different. I, I am in that case. I'm half and half. I have my birth mother's name, but my birth father's name was not a real name because my birth mother never told my birth father and, you know, anything about me. As you would have heard previously, my birth father had no idea. And you have to put yourself in those in that position of how he felt around this time. I guess he would if he had no idea, he had no idea. It was such a long time ago. It was the early nineteen nineties. So I obviously had all this growing up, I always kind of lived with this adoption paper with both my birth mother, my birth father wondering where are they both? What happened to them? How old are they? What do they look like? And that wasn't, I, I guess you could say that was a mystery more than an obstacle. It was more of a a mystery that was ready to be solved at any time in my life. And I, I was determined and I knew that one day I would eventually find them. It was, as I said, four, as I said, six years ago when I tracked them down, I said to myself, it felt like the door has finally been opened. It's, there's been this big question mark. You can you imagine you're in a big room and then there is this magic door in front of you just, just of course not real it's it's imagine <laughs> it's an imagination imagination story and you go up to the door and there's a big question mark but there's always going to be this lock on it and as a child it felt like this lock was always on this door and there was a pin code or there was there was the key that you just don't have yet until you manage to solve the mystery and I was and that day I remember that day when I was 20 years old and I tracked down my birth mother after all these years, I was it felt like everything, just the weight off my shoulder, the lock was open. Well, okay, maybe half of the lock was open. It felt like the mystery has been solved. Well, it felt like I, I finally figured, I finally put my foot in this door, literally, about what happened. But obviously, as a child, it was just a lot of questions, curiosity, and that was pretty much it. It was just a lot of interest as a child. But... As I always say, there's always the not so much the obstacles, but it's always a lot of things that people would question us as 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 adopt as adoptees about the name, about how my brother and I are related. They would often ask our parents about where we come from. It's always something that I guess we just had to always be open and upfront about. And I do understand that if someone came up to you as a child and said hi where does your name come from and if you have no idea that you've even been adopted you know if it's obvious that you've been adopted with a really strong different name it can be quite confusing for a child of course and there are stories where people don't find out that they're adopted until later on in life that is another story in itself and i do hear stories like that all the time and some of them are just it's it's fair i feel very sorry for people that have been through that but also the parents want to protect you as well from knowing because maybe they know something about your birth parents or your birth family and they want to protect you. So you have to always put yourself in everyone's shoes and think about how everyone else is feeling. That is including my birth parents. I always thought to myself, maybe they don't want to talk to me. Maybe I'm intruding on their life. Maybe they they adopted me up for this reason that I don't have to talk to them. It's always It's always questions that I always ask myself. Maybe when I track them down one day, maybe they'll just reject me completely. And what a waste of even 
thinking about this door that will never be unlocked. It's never going to be unlocked. It was always something that I was afraid of. And I knew that later on in life I had to be prepared for that. And you always have to be prepared for anything that comes your way growing up when you are trying to search for your birth family. I completely understand that and I completely, I, I you know, I go with that. I always say that you have to be prepared. You know, you could always have this lock on the store, the big mystery, and you might find out that your birth parents are no longer alive when you finally track them down. But a lot of people have told me that they've been through that themselves and they've had that answer about their birth parents and that they're very disappointed of course they are they're upset that it takes them a while for, it takes them a long time in fact for a lot of that to sink in a lot of the information but they are very very thankful that they know about that information sooner sooner rather than later because they have a sense of closure as well and they have a sense of knowing that they know what happened and now they can probably take footsteps into knowing what happened to the extended family, if they got siblings, anything like that. So that's what it, that's a pure, that's a that's a, an example of how every story is different. And as a child, of course, you may think as a child, right, I need to find my birth parents or birth family as soon as possible. They could be very old, and I may not be able to find them when I'm in my twenties or my thirties, and so on. So you really. You, if you want to search for your birth family as a child, always talk to your parents. I always say talk to your parents. And obviously, when you are a child, you need to be open and honest as much as you can. You can't, it's really, it's, I don't know, just, just as I say from, from myself, from what, my advice, I always say just keep, keep talking to your family and be honest about it. And maybe one day they will help you when you get older. You always have to understand that when you get older, things change and things you start to understand a lot more you start to under, understand a lot more in the world you I can tell you that completely I <laughs> I definitely did from when I started my search for my birth parents in 2009 when I was 17 I knew that it was way too early I knew that I couldn't find anything online but I knew that I know why because it's too early I got I, I have to be patient and I have to wait I knew that my time is not right right now despite being curious all my childhood, and a lot of people always say, why do you bother being curious? Well, your parents are raising you. You have this loving family. Don't worry. I wasn't curious 24-7. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it every day. This is the very, very odd time that I would often think. I would think about it very in a very rare occasion. It wasn't all the time. I'd, of course, I wouldn't do that. Everyone has different stories, of course, and every family is different. So some people might think about it all the time. Maybe their parents are upsetting them, or they may be going through some emotions, but Believe me, there's so many people in the world and you're not alone when you feel those emotions as well. And you always need to think to yourself, understand how you got here and why you were here and what your parents went through to get you as well. And I believe that's a very important uh, point that I'd like to point out. So there's a lot of things that I, you know, growing up, obviously I had my birth Russian name, a very long Russian name, and I, was, I actually thought it was pretty cool. And I, I joked oftenly as well saying, oh, did you know my my middle name's actually good, uh, actually Viktorovich and my last name's actually Gvoskoskia? And people would say, what? It's Gilbert though. And I say, no, no, the Russian version. And they said, does Gilbert mean, does Gvoskoskia mean Gilbert? I said, no, 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 it's just my Russian name. And I'd always say things like that. I remember one story as well as a child, I took photos into class as a 10 year old now I remember this now I just brought I just remember just now and I thought it's a good time actually I used to, my um, parents had postcards given to them from St. Petersburg uh, Peterhof Palace which is a big gold palace well it's not pure gold but gold pieces inside 
and I take the postcards to work and I'd show the other children said, did you know that I come from this palace? And all the children go, well, really? No way. You come from this palace. And why are you here? <laughs> you know, it was a joke all the time. It was always a joke. And um, I'd always say, oh, well, my parents actually own a house in St. Petersburg and they own a house in uh, New Zealand as well. And I said, you know, just think, I was, I was joking, of course. I'd say joking, guys, you know, ha everyone would laugh. The children wouldn't understand. They would say, oh, okay, cool. It's a gold wall, great. Um, let's move on. Let's go outside and play some basketball or something. As children, obviously, we did go outside a lot. It's changed a lot now. The uh, days and times have changed in technology. Everywhere, a lot of people were definitely on more social media and YouTube and everything like that. But, you know, things change a new era it's not the 19 it's not the 1990s anymore i i missed the 1990s some of the best years and the 2000s were definitely the the coolest years so the 1990s were the best years 2000s were the coolest years and the 10s yeah i call them the developing years my tv years actually the 10s and then the 20s that's coming up i don't know maybe the i'm adopted official years i'm just i'm just i'm just being silly but hey that is really my childhood as an adoptee and I really thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast uh, today. Wherever you're listening to around the world, please do flick me a message um, if you do listen to this podcast. I am online, um, like not as in I'm online all the time, like live, but I am on um, social media. So you can go and check me out on there. Leave me a message if you do listen to this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's just Alex Gilbert, one word. I am on there. Go ahead and flick it. Flick me a message. And obviously, please go ahead and check out the I'm Adopted Facebook page as well. It's always there. It's always waiting for stories all the time for, from you guys all around the world. You can reach out, reach out to the community. We have a private group as well. All of that's there to help you guys out. Uh, around the world for advice and if you're searching for your birth family reach out to the group as well i really appreciate you guys listening and thank you so much again for another podcast with i'm adopted last week's podcast was pretty incredible with uh the the interview with my birth father uh, misha in russia he was very keen on actually doing the interview and he now he's joking that he actually um, wants to be a radio announcer not not necessarily but I think he's might be he might be half joking or half true I think he might be I think he really wants to be he said they used to do he he told me that he used to do radio in uh, Kangos just about trolley bus trolley buses and he's done radio there before so I was I was a little bit surprised he said he said to me you don't know everything about me Sasha and I said okay I understand you <laughs> so so yeah so that's pretty much the story with that thank you guys so much for listening and um really until next time goodbye uh see you later and talk to you guys later in the russian version as we would say in podolsky uh thank you guys thank you